0: Your authentic resource for everything Mexican. Blondes in Mexico with Danielle Keel. Blonde in Mexico. Hola, I am Danielle Keel, blonde in Mexico, and I'm here to give you a real look into the Mexican culture, travel, um, real stuff, restaurants, everything. I am so happy for my guest today, my actual first interview Fernanda is a well-cultured, witty Mexican woman (laughs) who lives here in Mexico City with her family. Not only is she the mother of three amazing children, she has a successful catering business that she runs with her mother and vacations in super style. She is one of my favorite people in Mexico and one of my very first friends I made here. Let's welcome Fernanda de Ovando. Thank you, Daniel. Thank
1: you very much for those kind words.
0: <laughs> you're so welcome. I'm so happy that you're here. Oh, thank, thank you, you so for much. for inviting me. Of course. So today we're just going to talk a little bit about what your life is like here. Share with, with us um, all kinds of different interesting facts and things that you do and, and what you love about Mexico, basically. Wonderful. Yeah? Okay. So, first of all, let us know um, where you were born, what your upbringing was like, what city, um, your schooling. You speak perfect English, so thank you. where did you learn English? Tell us, tell us.
1: Well, I was born in Mexico. I'm the fourth child of five, we're five siblings. And my parents got married when they were very young and went to England, so my father could get his master's. Then they came back. My older brother was born in England. They came back and had all other, the other three in the middle. I'm the fourth. And when I was two, we moved to Spain because my father was a banker, so mm-hmm. the bank moved him around. And my youngest brother was born in Spain. We were there for five years, and then we moved to the United States. My dad worked in New York City, and we lived in Westport, Connecticut. For two years and a half. And then we moved to L.A. We lived in San Marino, California. Mm. My dad worked in L.A. And we stayed there for another two and a half years. And then we came back to Mexico where we, well, I've stayed since, ever since. Here uh, in the city of Mexico. Yeah, in Mexico City. Mm-hmm. After graduating uh, high school, I took a sabbatical. Ooh, good yeah. for you. And lived in Paris for another year. That, I mean. that was very fun. And then I came back to Mexico, and I've been here ever since. So I got married when I was 23, very young, very, very young. So cute. (laughs) And I studied uh, to be a chef. So I got married. I started working in a few restaurants. My husband is part of a restaurant group that's called Punta Arena. So good. Yeah, very Shout good. Shout out to Punta <laughs> Arena. We
0: will share the details later. super good place to eat, and it's all over the city.
1: So we, I've been around cooking and restaurants and everything since I got married. And I decided to start a, a, a little business, actually. It was something like a hobby business. It turned out later to be something more fruitful. With my mom. My mom, she's an amazing cook. She's she gives uh, classes to cooks and everything. She's been doing it all her life. So she we gives started.
0: Classes? Yeah,
1: she, she at her house. I want to take one. Well, just call Sa- me. Okay. <laughs> we'll set something up. <laughs> Sign me up. So we started a little business as a hobby, in, in in like a catering small catering business for houses for people that wanted to invite small groups of people for lunch or dinner. Or maybe baby showers or any type of showers, actually. And so we give this service. We've been doing it for 14 years now. <gasps> I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah, we've been doing it for a long time. And it's fun. It's something fun we do. My mom is... Well, she's, she's it's something she can do from her house. Uh-huh. She doesn't really want to work, uh, like in an office style or having... Because she travels, and she's with my dad, and she doesn't want to have everything to do with her job. So it's more like a hobby to her. And I have three kids now. I have a 14-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a 10-year-old. And I can't believe he's 14. Yeah, I know. He's huge. So I don't really want my job to take time away from my kids. Right. Because I, I'm, I'm a house mom. I'm a housewife. I, I want to take care of them, and I want to be there for them. So this is a very simple job that I can do. I can have fun. I earn my own money. That's also very fun. Of course. And I also have all the time I want with my kids. And on my vacations, and I don't have to... It's not stressful. Exactly. It's not stressful, and I do what I want before my job. So that's fun.
0: And you're doing it with your mom. And I'm doing it it with my mom.
1: That is very easy because we get along very well. Thank God. (laughs) So it's it's fun, and we, we... and she's, she, uh, her five kids are already married and live outside her house. My younger brother is not married yet, but he lives in Tulum. <gasps> yeah. Oh, yeah. You me. just visited him there. Exactly. So my mom is alone with my dad. So this is something that she can do on her spare time and. Feel productive. Exactly. Feel and productive. she loves to do it anyway. And she loves to do it.
0: What actually, kind of she food? would do it for,
1: foo- for free because it, she couldn't care less. But that
0: anyway. it, that's how I feel about what I do. <laughs> I totally get it. But you make all Mexican food, right? No, no,
1: no. I do. Actually, I have my menu is very, very extensive. Hmm. And it's, I send it to a client and the client actually, he, he or she chooses whatever they feel like eating. I, actually, I do very little Mexican food.
0: Why did I think it was all
1: Mexican? I don't know. It's more like... How can I... I don't know. It's
0: international.
1: International, yes, but it's something... It's also that people... There are events in your house. So it's comfortable food. It's comfortable food that you could make at your house. A lot of people don't cook anymore. Mm -hmm. And a lot of women work now. So that's a problem for them. If they invite people over... They don't have time to do it, or they don't want to do it. So it's I have it's my service. It's very comfortable for them, right? Because they could have done it, so the 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 guests don't feel like they're eating out, right? Because you don't want to. So it's not formal, exactly. But you have it's a little more than what you would do at your house. It's like house gourmet. You can call it that because it's amazing upper level from what you could do every day so it's upscale comfort exactly food. upscale comfort food for your house so that's i think it's something that it's more and more going on in mexico because in mexico we i don't know if you know this but many women didn't work before
0: mm-hmm.
1: we were housewives we were soccer moms Actually, I have a lot of friends that don't work and don't do anything, or they take courses or socialize, but Mexico, just now, and younger generations, I'm 39, so I'm, like, old now, but... (laughs) No, you're not. (laughs) But younger kids... No, we're not. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Let me correct that. People, younger girls, now all work. So they don't have time... To do a lot of household things. Right.
0: But they still want to feel like they're putting food on the table, like being a
1: good host. Yeah, because in Mexico, we are accustomed to being hosts. You usually live in the same city where your family lives. Mm -hmm. I live with my four brothers and sister. You're so lucky. We live in the same city. My sister just left to lived in Spain three weeks ago, but we all live here. Mm -hmm. My parents live here. My cousins live here. My... I grew up here, I stayed here. We usually stay here. I don't know if you also know this, but when we go to college, we don't go away away to college. yeah
0: you live so, at home and go to college. We live at
1: home and uh-huh. we go to college in the same cities. Obviously, if you're from a smaller town or a smaller city and there you don't have a very big university or you're going to study something that you don't you can't get there well yeah, of course you go and right. it's the least right. It's not that traditional thing it's to not do. that traditional, so we usually come back or stay where we are born, and we move only if our job or our husband's job right. take us to another place, right but usually we live around our family, so we we love having people over it's a culture that the whole family always is around mm-hmm. you invite them for whatever. I eat at my mother-in-law's house every Sunday with my bro- uh, brothers-in-laws and their families it's normal it's what it is yeah it's
0: normal to bring 16 people over exactly, exactly for
1: dinner exactly. which is
0: what happens with us and sometimes i'm like whoa when the family comes over even though i love all of them
1: it's a lot of people and in mexico we're and used it's totally to it. normal
0: yeah. it's totally normal
1: normal and easy and yeah so it's and even it if it's a
0: small space or there's not enough chairs or
1: we always of, make it work
0: yeah always it's something that I think is so beautiful about the culture but sometimes it's very different when you're coming from a different no no I think it's challenging when you come from a different place sometimes to get adjusted to that
1: I think people from other countries Europe and United States that they come and live here they don't understand how you can invite like 10 people over and then one calls and said oh no we're gonna be we're not gonna be five we're gonna be seven okay yeah it's fine so we don't care because we're used to it right we're usually big families
0: Mm-hmm. Obviously,
1: more now than before, the families are smaller. So We're five siblings, and I think it's normal. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that even have 10 brothers and sisters. Uh, that's not normal. Yeah, anymore. and then it's their
0: significant other, their children, then the parents. Then if there's another parent of one of the significant others that maybe wants to come along, or it can turn into a tribe exactly. really quick. And I love that so much about this culture. But sometimes if you're tired or whatever, I have to confess, it's a little much for me sometimes. Yeah,
1: I think it's overwhelming for people. That overwhelming. And I'm obsessed with, to it.
0: My, with David's family. I love them. But sometimes it's a little much for me just to have that many bodies in the house. Even though yeah. each body I love, you know?
1: No, you can see it even at the weddings. Yeah, I had that's a small why the weddings. weddings are so gigantic. Here. I had a small wedding and we were 500 people. Oh my God. And it's considered... Sorry, not a I wish I knew you then, very I can't small believe wedding, I missed that. <laughs> it was a small wedding because obviously we couldn't invite everyone we wanted. Because the space it didn't even, we couldn't even fit the people. World. Where
0: did you get married? In Casa de la Bola. it's an <gasps> I've done sit. events there. Oh, my God. It's
1: not big enough for 500 no, people. It was a cocktail, obviously, because we couldn't sit 500 people.
0: Casa de la Bola, by the way, is a private museum, um, restored house, and you can get a private tour of the upstairs um, area. It's amazing. And you can rent it out for events. And I've done a couple there, and I have one coming up next week. So <laughs> excited! And they're so nice there. Yeah, very nice. so so nice. I'll leave the information in the comments. So
1: I got married. I can't there. believe you got married there. It was a freaking cocktail out. party because it's we stunning. couldn't fit. Obviously, I think it's for if you're sitting down. I think you can only fit around 300 people, more or less. I'm not sure. I, I think that's a that's a squeeze. But because we had to have more than 300, because we couldn't even fit our family. I mean, it was it's. Too much. So we had a cocktail party there and we were 500 and we were like, ah. Oh.
0: oh my God. When, one,
1: when a guest said we can't go, then we sent another invitation. So oh my God. To fit we, <laughs> more people. To fit more people. That then. is so
0: adorable. And
1: there's now, you can, I mean, I've been to weddings that are 1,000, 1,200 people. Okay, that's that too is, much for me. They're huge. But we live where we grew up, so we, you know, you have friends since right. kindergarten. Right. And your family and your parents and your parents invite all the friends, right? Your brothers and sisters invite, right? And their all the cousins, friends. and the family is huge. I mean, my right. family is huge, mm-hmm. and then my husband's family not so huge, but my mother-in-law has a lot of friends. So it becomes like this big snowball, and you can't say no to someone. And then what are you going to do with the other? So we are used to having a lot of people in everything,
0: right? it's a cultural thing
1: it's a cultural thing
0: I love it I think it's amazing but
1: that's just a lot in the small towns when you do your what you call in the United States quinceanera Uh you invite not only your family and friends you like invite the whole town so that's huge and everything is a celebration and we exactly it's lots of eating uh, lots of eating lots of drinking lots of dancing every every time we can make it up an excuse to -hmm. get together to eat and drink actually it's that's what it is. We always try to do something to mm. get together. It's, it's fun. It's a very nice culture because in every part of the country, you're going to see people close to their families, close to their huge families. Right. Close, close in
0: proximity, but close in relationship exactly. as well. Which is amazing because I know David's perspective and things that I've learned, it's like, well, I mean... It's your dad. Well, it's your brother. It doesn't matter. And I think the way that sometimes uh, people in other cultures, families in other cultures handle things like this, it's not as accepting of cultures as it is more accepting here.
1: I think we're of used to that. We're used to having the family all the time. Near us, so it's what it is. Okay. Yeah, we can't, there's nothing that it's going to change exactly. Yeah. We, we can't, I, I see when my I remember my when we came back to the to Mexico to live after the United States, my older brother came back to the university, so he graduated high school in, in San Marino and came back directly to the to university here. And they would ask him, But what, what do you mean? Why aren't you leave, leaving your house? And then he would say, but why would I want to leave my house? Because <laughs> that's normal. And then when my, the third one, my, the, my brother that's just above me, was going to go to college, he would talk to his friends from the United States, and they would say, oh, where are you going to go off to college? Here. Okay, your dorm. Well, actually, I don't think there's even any dorms in my university. They're like, ¿cómo? <laughs> how? I how? I don't get it. Yeah, there's no dorms. I'm, I'm staying home, and I'm, I drive yeah. to my university. I, I, it's like 15 minutes away from my house. And they couldn't understand, they couldn't acknowledge how he wanted to keep living in his house and not go off to college. And one told him, what do you mean? I'm going all the way to the East Coast for college. Are you right. freaking kidding me? Well, it's so I can't customary for Americans to leave. And my brother was like, yeah, well, eh.
0: Yeah, they're ready to get out of the nest, even at 17, almost 18, whenever they're graduating Mm -hmm. high school and they go off to college and the parents don't go. And and they they never go back. They drop them off. Yeah, and that's pretty... Well, there's a huge stigma attached to Americans that go back to live with their family. Exactly. That they might think that it's a failure or they need to be on their own. And it's just such a completely different culture.
1: Completely. I remember when my younger brother told my parents that he was going to leave the house and was going to go live with a friend in an apartment. He was 20, I think, like 25 or 27. Uh-huh. I was in shock. I was like, oh, my been... God, he can't leave. <laughs> Please don't leave. Oh, my God, he's going to be alone. <laughs> and my mom was like... And the only wow, reason, really, that you leave is
0: because you got married.
1: Yeah. why my... you move for work, maybe. The four of us that are married, the oldest one left Mexico because he went to live in Spain, the one that was born in, in London. And went to work in Spain. So he got married when he was in Spain. So he, he stayed did, away. Yeah, he stayed away. And then he's, he, he's back in Mexico and he lives here with his family. His wife is Spanish and they live here in Mexico. Then my sister left when she got married. I left when I got married. But you still live in the same city, both yeah. of you. And then and my other brother, the one this that's. This is a sister that me, you idolize. I, I idolize her. She is the best. She's. Easy going. She helps you with everything. Everything I need. She's I think there she for should me. come on the podcast next yeah, with you. Let's, let's have she, her. No, because she left three weeks ago to for Madrid. Oh. She just left to live for Madrid three weeks ago. Oh. She left me. <laughs> and everybody tells me, Are you gonna miss her? I'm like, I don't think so. I've never gotten to meet her, but I feel like I know her already. Yeah. I'm not gonna miss her because we're so accustomed to, you know, leaving and coming back and she lived You'll in You go Miami. visit her. Now you have yeah. a reason to
0: go, and you're going to plan a trip to Madrid, and, we and it will be
1: we chat happiness. all day, so it's like she's in her house. I just right. don't see her, but we are in it was a constant communication, so it's I funny. don't miss her. I mean, she's coming back in November. She has to do something with the house. She left here and everything, so eh, I, I don't know. It's fine for me that she Well, maybe left. she'll come on during the holidays. We can have her. Yeah, Maybe. I'm going to tell her. So, tell
0: me about your grandparents because I love hearing your grandparents' stories and they make me so excited.
1: My mother is from Guadalajara, mm-hmm. and my grandparents were very lucky people because my grandfather used to have a couple of lumber yards, and his business was more founded in where we have a ranch over there. Well, he had a ranch over there that now is ours. It's called Tapalpa, Jalisco. And he worked there. He had a couple of lumber yards and he exported wood. And, but the place where he was most happy was there. I mean, he, was, he had the ranch and all the people that worked for him. And he was just a great guy. They loved him because he was always a person that took care of his own. Right. And his own was every single person that worked for him. They were family.
0: So when he had the ranch, he ran the ranch as a business. Well, or the ranch was that just no, the his ranch home? was
1: no. The ranch was more like a vacation getaway. Is this
0: the same ranch that you go to? Yeah, it's the same one. And that I'm I obsessed go to. with the ranch stories. Yeah, we'll get back to that later.
1: <laughs> we had a house. Well, he had a house at the inside the town. It's a very very small town. It's beautiful. Very Pinterest. It's, it's amazing. Very it's Pinterest. Very very small. And we had the house at, in, the middle of, in the middle of town, and the ranch was like five kilometers away. So we, okay. we went to pass the day there, there were horses, and it was, a, he didn't really work it because he was like more to go for picnics and to be there. And, okay. And his job was in the lumber yards that were around it. So he would stay there when he went, came and went from Guadalajara. And he also had, um, he invested his money in real estate. In Guadalajara. So he was lucky but he was smart. He was lucky but he was smart and he was very hard working. He didn't finish college. I think he didn't even go to college.
0: Hmm.
1: He hated studying, so he started working when he was very young and and he was a smart guy and did a lot of things for himself and for my grandmother and they were very nice people. And they had a lot of people working for them. I think it was also a time in Mexico that it was easier that you could have a lot of people working for you. Mm-hmm. So you could em- employ a lot of people. And have a lot of help. And have a lot of help. They had a lot of help in Guadalajara. They, had a, they have a few houses around Mexico where they vacationed in, so they had a lot of help. And they lo- so their employees were family so these are employees that just helped them run basically their life. Exactly. They weren't employees as far as the lumber yard and no, everything. No, 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 They were people that lived in their houses.
0: Uh-huh.
1: They took care of their children. They took care of them. They cooked in, for them. A, and they were, they were family. Actually, when my grandfather, well, when he was still alive, he bought some, a parcel in a cemetery, uh-huh. I think that's what you call it, with three spaces. Okay. One was for him. One was for my grandmother mm-hmm. and the other one was for his cook because his cook was his family.
0: I love that. So he
1: didn't even buy oh. anything for his kids. <laughs> so the cook was a lot more important than his kids. So that's, what, that's, what, that's the kind of guy he was. And In the ranch, a lot of people that worked in Guadalajara in his houses or the beach house or the lake house, they were from Tapalpa. Okay. And he gave away... Well, gave away, and because they earned it also, a lot of, he had a lot of land. So he gave, he gave them land so they can build their houses there, or they can do whatever they wanted because they were part of his family. Because they made his fortunate. life better. He was fortunate, and he had all of this. So he shared it with the people that worked for him because they gave his life for them, So for my grandparents. They worked for him for decades so that was the way he said thanks for all the years they mm-hmm. were with him. And well, they loved him. They cherished him because he was actually, he was an amazing guy.
0: I love that story. <laughs> <laughs> and I love when you you say what he gave them uh, for Christmas every year. Yeah, but my
1: grandmother, Every time I see yeah, you, I
0: make you tell me stories. Yeah, and my
1: grandmother was the one that organize all the christmas presents for everyone and uh-huh. they would give every single person of the family of the person that worked with my grandfather they would give him clothes and would give him everything no estoy conectada. okay so they would give him every single person of the family all the kids mm-hmm. the wife everyone would get something for christmas and my grandmother would they would send her the list of every employee and every single person of the family so she would organize every package for every single person
0: that's just so thoughtful and how incredible to have the means
1: exactly to, to be, be able to he do that, that. He, he worked hard for what he got obviously but right. he was very he was just he always thought of everyone else because everyone else was so good to him also Well, it's not so common
0: to have that many (laughs) amazing people helping you for your entire life and that loyal to you that you can trust. they were very loyal. And how incredible that must feel because in this day and age, at least in the States and from what I see here in Mexico, you're very lucky when you find those perfect special people. Yeah. Like we have Nancy here, and we have Biani in our house and and we try to support her family and do everything we can, but and nothing really feels better than when you nothing. can do that but the the second that the someone may not be loyal to you you don 't right so how incredible that he was so giving, and that he created that because he created that with being generous, yeah, and they saw that and were loyal to him as well and he probably just they lived their whole life in, in harmony. It's yeah.
1: And to this day there's very few people in Tapalpa where the ranch was that obviously knew my grandfather because obviously he's been dead for thirty years now. He died I think in He died pretty early, huh? Yeah. He died in I think nineteen eighty six, something like that. And there's like a couple of people that, that knew true. him because obviously he, he would be very old right now. Uh-huh. And when they know who we are, obviously my mom, a lot of people know my mom because obviously she grew up there. Uh-huh. But when we, we tell them who we are, that our grandfather was who he was, a lot of people still remember him. And a lot of grandchildren or, ki- or children of the people that knew him would remember him because he did a lot for that town. A lot for the people. But it doesn't lot, sound o sea, like
0: in a pretentious way.
1: No, in no, 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 because he was, he way. thought, I mean, if he would have, if he would have been born there, it was his favorite place on earth. I mean, he would have done everything he wanted because that town was in his blood. I mean, he grew up there. He had, or sea, he knew Taparpa because his family had a hacienda there.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's
1: why he had such a... A hacienda tenure. is a big colonial... Mansion basically for, uh, for vacation. Mm-hmm. Well, first people lived there, and then it was like vacation things. So he was he was he thought Tapalpa was part of him, and he felt he was f- from Tapalpa. And actually, the, he loved it, he loved he the people, loved
0: and he loved his life. It was his favorite place. I really, I love hearing about him. So this is the grandparents that had the Talavera collection. No,
1: that was my father's
0: house. Oh, so tell us about that. Talavera is a hand-painted, very exquisite, uh, beautiful type of ceramic made in Mexico. Made in Puebla. Ah, made only in Puebla.
1: Yeah, the original is from Puebla. Okay, so I didn't know that. My father's parents, they were both from Puebla, they were born in Puebla. Puebla is
0: about two hours from Mexico City.
1: Exactly. And it's very cute. It's very nice. It's a very colonial city. It's amazing. And they were both from there. They came to live with their separate families to Mexico City when they were young. And they ended up getting married. Obviously, the families knew each other from Puebla. So, but they got married many years after they came to Mexico City. Okay. And my great-grandparents were anti-collectors. And collectors in general. So my grandmother's parents started with a Talavera collection. Buying one, buying another. So these were like plates or these were big vases, urns? Vases, everything. Okay. We had everything. We had plates, vases, uh, vases, um, big ones, small ones, mm-hmm. everything. Tiles. I mean, it was... Everything. And over the years, they bought one, two, three, and they made this huge Talavera collection, private collection, obviously, that was, I think, if not the biggest private collection in Mexico, but one of the top three. And did they use it? It No, 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 no. It was only for show. Okay. So you went to my grandmother's house. And you would see every single room in her house with something or a lot of things. Because right. they were like hoarders a little bit with those types of things. Yeah, so but they, obviously they had good taste.
0: And the it's a collection. Beautiful. If
1: I mean, if you separate that collection, it doesn't have that much meaning to it. So when my grandmother, before she died, she decided to sell it to someone that maybe would, you know, cherish it yeah. or would do something important with it because obviously the three kids she couldn't give it away to one of her kids yeah. and she wouldn't di- she couldn't divide it either because then it would you know like defeat the purpose of the right it would diminish collection. the value exactly of, uh-huh. so they decided my grandmother and my my father and his brothers and his brother and sister they decided to sell it to someone that could keep the collection together but it was amazing and. People that have antique collectors and collectors in Mexico knew my grandparents because of that. I mean, because they would always be around the world of antiques, and it was very fun for them. And we have a lot of things in my house. So my father has a lot of things in his house that my grandparents inherited, and it was they're amazing. We have a lot of uh, things from Puebla. Puebla has an amazing—it's uh, called Marquetería Poblana. Okay. It's a type of a wood— uh, furniture very specific to to Puebla. Okay. That I don't think they do it anymore because it's very very unique and very hard. So we have a few few things from there. So it's nice it's they're beautiful things. And obviously you look at my parents' house, you go there and it's like, oh my god, we can't move. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff, a lot. Because I think my dad's a hoarder also. I oh,
0: stop saying. That. So <laughs> because he has but a lot. But no, of stuff. but obviously it's in your family to Um, Jimmy, we're having a connection problem.
1: (laughs) Are we okay on time? I don't know.
0: Look, it's after four. You have
1: to go. I have to go. We're bubbling. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Listo.
0: Yeah. Okay. So where's the Talavera collection
1: now? I'm not sure where, who they sold it to. Okay. But it was a private collector also.
0: Okay, got it. So it's in good hands of someone that loves it. Hopefully, yes. (laughs) I just love plates and pots and beautiful things, so it really gets me excited. So I think that we have many more topics to cover, but we kind of filled it up Um, really quick. What are your top three highlights of Mexico that anyone should experience go to eat, drink, be here for. What are your three favorite things about My Mexico? top one
1: is the people. I, I right. have the chance to travel around. I've been to many parts of the United States. I've been all over Europe. I've been to Central and South America. And I have never, ever been in a country or a city that the people that help you out, I'm talking about the person that's in the store, the waiter in a restaurant Every single person That's in The service of people I'm mm-hmm. not sure how do you The I service say. industry? The service industry, exactly I have never ever seen People that will treat you Like Mexican people treat you I have never seen people more smiling People more accommodating mm-hmm. They do everything they can So the client is happy and yes, it's true. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I've been, all, like over I've been all over Europe. I've been all over the United States. I've been South America, of Latin countries that are, well, our brothers and sisters. You know, we, we can we can relate to them. Nobody ever serves you like a Mexican person does. It's amazing. I agree. That's for me. It's the best thing that Mexico has. Our people are amazing they, they always think of the other person they do everything they can so the other person can be happy
0: and they're also very cordial
1: very cordial everyone
0: greets each other everyone says hello it doesn't matter where you're from or who you are buenos
1: dias buenos tardes
0: <laughs> buenos noches
1: yeah i think we are um, nice i love people. it actually i think we're very nice i agree it's warm we're warm people and everything is obviously we have the ones that are not but in general we are very warm people, we are very inviting people and I think that's something that everyone in the world should have the experience to relate to and to see because I think it makes us better people I agree, maybe that comes from
0: such large families yeah, and all these extended relatives and everyone living near each other for such a long period of time that people don't leave as much. They kind of stay close to their their home. No? Maybe.
1: Yeah, maybe. I, I'm not sure why, but it's
0: it's beautiful.
1: Yeah, we're we're nice.
0: <laughs> I agree. And I think Mexicans are very proud of their culture.
1: Oh and we're they're very happy proud.
0: happy to share it with other people. That's
1: something that I'm also very proud of. Other thing is that people around the world should know. We have an amazing culture from the beginning of time. I mean, you can see From the pyramids, you can see what... We still have everything. Dia de Muertos, the Day of the Dead, that you can maybe see it in a few films. Coco! Coco. (laughs) It's really like that. Yeah, it is. You think it's a movie, but it's not. No, when I saw that movie, I was like, this is real. This is really real. Coco
0: is real, and this is really how it is. And I bet that those spirits are there and that they look... Just like that. (laughs) It it was... That movie
1: was spot on. Spot on. About the Mexican culture. I was like sitting on the edge of my seat. And that's something we have from our ancient uh, indigenous people. That's something they left us. And we... All that happened in our culture and when the Spanish came and, you know, the Catholic church and whatever, we still keep so many of our traditions, our original Mexican traditions... That have uh, been mixed with everything that we have later, but we still are proud of everything we have. I know of everything that this country, our nature is. You have, I, we have everything here. We have the most beautiful beaches in the world. We have them. Our um, forests are everything we have. Every single food. The food is amazing. We have so I many mean. cultures of food. So only the food. Almost every single state has their own type of food. Exactly. So how, how many countries can say that about themselves? Yeah. And everything is unique. And everything is. I mean, the gastronomy here is not even. Well, it's also comparable. heartfelt. It's so heartfelt. And we have uh, recipes from your family going down from generation to generation. And unfortunately, I don't think many people can do that, can say that about their culture and their countries because I think it's lost. In Mexico, we're proud of keeping all our culture and all our traditions alive. From our kids in the 21st century, I mean, we're proud of keeping our, our traditions alive from anywhere they come from. And exactly. we haven't lost them. So we haven't lost any of them.
0: It, it is really amazing. When you go from different region to different region, or even if you're just driving from one city to another, the, from like the stands that you see on the side of the road yeah. with fresas and crema <laughs> and things that I think are so crazy, um, not that the U.S. doesn't embrace its culture and love its traditions and have pride and everything else, but Mexico
1: does it in a really, really special way. I think we live with them every single day. Yeah. So it's part of our lives, our home life. It's part of what we are every single day. So it's, it's fun. <laughs> well, we're good at chatting,
0: so. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to have you on again soon because I I didn't even finish all my questions. I will be delighted to come back. Oh, Thank you so much for being here and sharing all your beautiful stories. I love it, and I love
1: you. Oh, me too. Thank you for having me. It was so fun. You're
0: so welcome. And I
1: wish you would invite me again because it was very fun.
0: I will, and one time with your beautiful sister that I can't wait to meet. Yeah,
1: I want to tell her when she comes back if she can come and talk to us about... And she lived all over the world. Well, she's married, she's been in Spain again. She went to the United States twice. She's going back to Spain again, so I think she can... Give a really good perspective. Exactly.
0: Thank you for painting such a beautiful <laughs> picture. I love it. <laughs> oh, wait. Shout out your, um, your catering company and where we can follow you on Instagram.
1: Yeah. yeah? My, my catering company is called Los Olivos Gourmet. You can follow me on Instagram at lo- Los Olivos. Oh, how can you say it? Uh, underscore underscore gourmet
0: no worries I'll put it in the show notes oh,
1: okay thank you so
0: if anybody would like some special personalized gourmet comfort food to your house you can
1: call Fernanda when you're here in the city I'm the one to call I'm gonna leave Daniel with all my information so you can also contact her if you need anything
0: yeah and maybe next time we'll have a little family thing going on we'll have your mom come too oh my mom's. yeah she's fine I would love it <laughs>
1: Besitos! Thank you so much. Thank you,
0: Daniel. Besos. in Mexico. So I have a great tip for Mexico that I want to share that I think will make you seem a little less touristy if you're visiting. So something that is really important in the Mexican culture is greeting each other. And it doesn't matter who you are or where you're from, I think the elevator etiquette here is amazing. And um, when you enter an elevator or if you're on the street or you go into a restaurant or you go into your office or whatever, you always will say buenos dias, buenos tardes or buenos noches. So, obviously, that's good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. And it's not super formal, like you're in the Ritz-Carlton or something. I mean, it's just very cultural, and it's very on point with the time. So, instead of, uh, when you're visiting, saying, Hola, ¿cómo estás? Say, buenos días, if it's before 12 noon. The moment that it's 12.01, it changes to buenos tardes. Uh, good afternoon. So, and people will actually correct themselves and catch themselves. If they're telling you good morning and it's 1230, they're going to be like, oh, I've uh, uh, buenos tardes. <laughs> and they correct themselves. It's actually really cute. And the moment that it gets dark, this is not a time restriction. It's more of a light thing. The moment that it's dark, it changes to buenos noches. And... Uh, you know, you can also say Buenos Noches when you're putting someone to bed or really saying good night. But that is a general greeting, like Hi, how are you? And uh, it, it, you know, it's it's what someone that's really Mexican does. So use that next time you're visiting, and you will seem less like a gringo. So <laughs> wrapping it up for today, you can follow me on Instagram at. Blonde in Mexico. You can follow me on pasajero.fm.com. Sorry, com. And <laughs> it pasajero is p-a-s-a-j-e-r-o-f, as in Frank. M.com. And they stream me live every Thursday at 3 p.m. And after that, you can also download this episode. On Instagram Or Spotify Super exciting So please rate, review, follow Ask me questions I want to help you guys To learn more about Mexico And you know Get in all those little tips and tricks And good restaurants And awesome destinations Um, Ask me anything And thanks so much for listening Take care Your authentic resource for everything Mexican. Blondes in Mexico with Danielle Keel. Blondes in Mexico.